0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Connor O'Gara of Saturday Downs South, friend of the show, and always awesome to have him join us on the show and catch up. What's up, Connor, man? How's everything going this afternoon?
1: Gentlemen, doing well. The fact that we're in August, it, it just feels like we've made it through the off season. We can actually start talking about, you know, football, not just. NIL and the transfer portal and tampering and realignment and all these different things that probably won't make too, too much of a difference in terms of the legislation in, uh, in this year 2022 that way.
0: So when it hits you, like, well, what is, what does you think that it's, because media days comes through and we know that that kind of feels like, okay, we're, we're getting close, but what is it about fall camp or at least this time of year where you either see it or read about it or hear about it, whatever it is that makes you just like perk up and say, okay, now it's go time.
1: I like seeing everybody so optimistic with – we don't get as much the, the clips from practice like we do in the NFL. I mean, I feel like we get that so much in the NFL because they actually allow cameras in their practices and they don't necessarily bar everybody from seeing it like they're holding secrets to the Pentagon or something. And I feel like the NFL just tweets out these clips every single day so that PFF can you know retweet them and say, who's going to stop this offense, Sam? Um, but in college, you know, that doesn't really get me going in the same sort of way. I get more excited about seeing the potential breakout guys, hearing coaches actually talk about what a guy is doing in camp. I, I, it's cliche to say, but I, I do find myself really intrigued by so many of these different teams in the SEC, and it's because a lot of them have quarterbacks figured out. I mean, think about programs like Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, these, these places where. You've, you've talked about all the issues that they've had at quarterback in recent memory, and now these families are confident because they feel like they have their guy. So camp just kind of takes on a different sort of meaning. South Carolina is another one, where these, these camps that just feel like they have a bit more optimism, optimism to them because of what they have returning at quarterback.
0: Well, one of the things I know that uh, has been really interesting and we kind of talked about in the previous hour was the situation with Arkansas. You mentioned the quarterback. They got that figured out. But who he's going to be throwing to, that is K.J. Jefferson, is what is kind of the big question mark. And Traylon Burks was great. We know how great he was. And something you tweeted out and something that I've been discussing and talking about for a long time, Connor, was about Matt Landers, where he you you tweeted out that he averaged 25.7 yards a catch, led the FBS with three catches of 80-plus yards, and all of those things. So talk to us about the situation Arkansas finds themselves in in the wide receiver room. They got a few guys returning from last year, but – I think asking someone to replace Traylon Burks is going to be a little too much to ask.
1: Nobody's going to be able to do all the things that he did. I mean, it's just impossible. Even if Jaden Hazelwood looks like wide receiver one, which that, that's the goal. The goal is for him to be a true go-to wide receiver, and not necessarily Traylon Burks 2.0. That's what I've been saying this entire offseason. There are still going to be multiple guys who are going to have to fill that role at times. Maybe that's Trey Knox at times maybe that stretch in the field like Matt Landers is capable of doing as we saw last year at Toledo when he was kind of his first time really getting significant reps after he transferred there from Georgia and my question moving forward is what is KJ going to do in those tough moments when it's third and six who's he going to trust because Jaden Hazelwood is a guy who obviously came into college highly touted, former five-star recruit but he hasn't necessarily been known for getting separation, and a lot of his production is dependent on that rapport, that trust that he has with his starting quarterback, and that's going to be really key. But the reason I like Landers and I like that fit, and I perhaps overlooked it a bit too much, is because what we've seen KJ do throwing the deep ball last year. He was PFF's highest graded SEC quarterback on those deep throws. A lot of that is having Traylon Burks, of course. But remember. That was the big question we asked once Mike Woods transferred to Oklahoma. We are like, all right, well, are they going to be able to stretch the field? And they were still able to do that at key points. They need to be able to figure out that passing game. Good to have a variety of weapons, but there are still probably more questions than answers at this point.
2: Are there any other things you see in Matt Landers? Uh, you talk about how he can stretch the field, and Arkansas has a receiver on the roster that does plenty of that with Warren Thompson, so you can never have enough of those guys, but – you need to have some variety. So, uh, is is that what he specializes in, and are there other things that he's capable of?
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's what he's going to bring to the table. A guy who's six five, you know, one hundred ninety seven pounds. He can go up and get it, and he can chat. The issues that he's had in his career have been with drops, and that was a source of frustration for Georgia fans. And the reason why they didn't necessarily feel like his transfer was that big of a deal, but the the question moving forward with this Arkansas team is can they get those, those two or three guys that can be relied on a week to week? Can they get those guys who are going to be able to go up and make plays, catch balls in traffic and be able to handle SEC secondary. That, that's the biggest question. Matt Landers hasn't shown he can do that just yet, but at the same time, even if he's just posing that threat, that deep threat, that's still going to open up the field a bit more. That's still going to prevent teams from trying to do a single high-safety look and perhaps keep more defenders in those throwing lanes for K.J. Jefferson because he's going to have to take more chances this year. That's, that's the big thing with him that, that I think can allow his team to, to get to that next level is taking more chances. And even if that means those interceptions going up from you know four last year, that, that would still be a, a sign of progress if, if this Arkansas offense is a bit more explosive. And perhaps a bit more versatile than you know, just relying on Traylon Burks to be that guy.
0: I think a question that people have too is with the Kendall Bryles offense. We know we've seen two years of it now at Arkansas, and it's gotten better from one year to next year, and then hopefully it does the same thing this year. But uh, I think the one thing that people wonder about is, you know, what type of wide receiver crew does Kendall Bryles find himself most affected with? Because again, Traylon Burks was awesome, but. Like, is it something to where they do spread it out a lot and you're going to see a bunch of guys, four or five guys, have 300-plus receiving yards? Is it going to be that type of offense? Do they like to rely on one guy? I mean, how is the wide receiver group approached by a Kendall Bryles type of offense?
1: I, I think I don't think it necessarily forces one guy into action. I mean, the, the idea is to be able to spread teams out. I, I think if you're a receiver and if you don't want a run block in this offense or if you're not necessarily in shape that's probably a bad sign for you you know we know that they love to play with so much tempo we know that they're still going to be a run heavy team i mean let's let's not let's not pretend like arkansas is all of a sudden going to turn into the area they're going to throw the ball 50 times a game they're they're still going to be a run first team At, at least that that's what their identity should be this year but if they're able to define those guys on the outside that they can rotate in and out you need depth to be able to do that right you can't just have Three receivers out there, and perhaps that's why it felt magnified at times last year, and why it was such a big question coming into this year. Because it's not easy to play in that offense, and you know there are guys who are probably going to take reps off with tempo that they want to be able to play at. So I think that we're going to see them play with a variety of receivers. I don't necessarily think it needs to be the way it was these last two years where Burks was heads and shoulders above the rest of the competition. I think this is an offense that can yield potentially three receivers who have at least 500 receiving yards. It feels like that's kind of what they're going to need in order to establish the balance that they want.
2: With Arkansas being such a dominant rushing team, how much do you think that rushing attack could help open up the passing game?
1: I mean, it should in theory, right? Like That's that's the biggest thing that, that, that Arkansas has working in its favor. It, it's established. They're, they're running the football. Sam Pittman's identity is being able to coach up that offensive line. They had the best rushing attack in Power 5 last year. They returned three of those stud backs, and obviously when you return K.J., you feel like that's another running back that you get as the team's leading rusher. So you know that they're going to be able to do that. That should still be their identity where they need to thrive off of is that play action. That's where they need to live. These teams like Kentucky that really have been able to kind of exploit that, and that's that's what's allowed them to kind of transition into this, this more balanced attack is being able to, to have a quarterback who recognizes that play action is, is such an asset. It is such a weapon to be able to utilize that. And I think KJ should be able to have some success. Running play action with somebody that can jet like Matt Landers, you would think that that would benefit this team. It's still going to be a, a matter of, of fitting these new pieces in. I absolutely want to see Malik be involved in the offense. We've talked about that before as well, and all the different things that he could perhaps bring to the table. But, yeah, they're, they're going to try and establish more balance, I think, and I, I think they want to be able to, to use play action effectively in SEC play.
0: Speaking with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, Connor, just looking at Arkansas in general, something we were also discussing is just going into next year. Wins and losses, that's one thing you never really know, but it's about if you're going to be a better team overall. When you look at Arkansas and and you look at the rest of the SEC and their schedule that they're going to be up against and and everything involved, do you believe, generally speaking, they will be a better team this upcoming season than what they were last year?
1: I think they will. I do. And and I'm I'm filling out my – I'll give you guys a little teaser. I'm filling out my preseason top 25. That'll run, when's that gonna run? That's gonna run next Monday on Saturday down south, shameless plug. I've got Arkansas number eleven and I have them finishing second in the West. So I am probably about as high on them as anybody. I felt like I was high on them last year and I had them going seven and five and beating A and M. Now I think and beating Texas as well. I think what we need to see from them to take that next step. Is not having this defense take take any sort of steps back. We need to see Drew Sanders uh, establish that that much much needed presence as an edge rusher. I mean, the stats that I keep bringing up. I don't think Arkansas has had a guy finish with double digit sacks in a decade. You know, say what you want about having an all quarterback. That that matters, of course. That's going to be something that KJ aspires to to, to change this year, but. But having that guy that just changes the game for you, rushing off of the edge, is so important. And we saw what it was like, you know, these past couple of years when he didn't have that guy. So having Drew Sanders out there to be able to do that is so crucial for this team. And of course, Jalen Catalan staying healthy—I mean, that, that's that's big. It, it's it's becoming more and more rare to have a, a guy that that truly can enforce. But he feels like that Smash Mouth guy who really changes what Arkansas. Is. Defensive abilities are, are capable of. And I thought Miles Usher had some tough moments last year stretching the field the way the team did against him. So I, I think that Arkansas is able to get better defensively with Barry Odom this season. And I think as long as they can establish a little bit more of that passing threat and KJ trust those other receivers, that's what's going to allow New Year's, uh, the, that New Year's six bowl possibility to, to remain realistic through November.
2: Number 11, is that the preseason poll for you? Is that where you expect them to finish?
1: Yeah, preseason poll. And, look, I, I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it so much when we when there are people that fill out a preseason poll and they do it based on where they think a team is going to finish. That's an entirely separate deal. If you are talking about strength of schedule in a preseason poll, and why a team is ranked at a certain place, like, get out of here with that. That is, that is lazy. Based on where you think a team will be if they step on the field tomorrow. I, I cannot stand it. And, you know, there are teams that get the benefit of the doubt because it's like, oh, well, they're going to run the table. Like, okay, was, I, I don't care if Air Force is going to run the table. They're not a better team than Cincinnati. I, I don't want to hear about that. I, I don't want to hear about how they could potentially be 12-0. That, that, that just drives me so, so berserk when people do that because it's factoring in things that change within the first two weeks of the season. Anyway, we don't know what strength of schedule is actually going to be until the game starts. So to me, that's just such a stupid argument. So yes, that is a preseason ranking, but I am optimistic that our could fucking finish in that range as well.
0: So tell us how you feel about uh preseason polls and uh, them using strength of schedule. Cause obviously you, uh, you feel very passionately about it, but no, I'm with you though, because I, I think that when people go into these uh, rankings and whatnot, a lot of times they try to think, overthink it. You know, try to think and, and looking at uh, all these different situations and all that. But to me, like looking at preseason polls and everything, I believe Arkansas is a top 15 team. I believe Arkansas is a top three team in the SEC West. But as we know in college football, a lot of things can go and a lot of things can change to where just because you think that now does not mean that's where you believe they're going to end up when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah, and I remember A&M kind of being that team a couple years ago. Ironically enough, it was was when the original schedule was laid out in 2020, and before we had the the COVID change schedule, and everybody's like, well, see, A&M could be Nine and 0 or ten and therefore they deserve to start off as the top six team in the country. I'm just like, what? What are we doing? Like, what? This is ridiculous. There are people that are that are that are talking themselves into USC as a preseason top six team. Like, buddy, they lost. They they won four games last year. All right, they have a coach who's never won a playoff game. Get out of here with that. I, if you want to tell me about Caleb Williams and how great he is, tell me about the fact that he averaged six point four yards per attempt against top seventy defense. All right, like I. I, it just drives me nuts when I see these these people who are very lazy with their rankings and they clearly have not done their homework. And it's just like, all right, but this we, we can't just strictly go by strength and schedule. And to be honest, there are a lot of SEC teams who I would put as top 25 teams to start the year, preseason polls, but I don't think they'll finish there. I don't think Ole Miss is going to finish as a top 25 team. I think Ole Miss going into the year with the moves that they've made in the portal with Lane Kiffin, how good he is as an offensive mind. I think they deserve to start off in the top 25, but I think the SEC West is an absolute gauntlet, and I think they're really going to kind of struggle once they hit the latter half of their schedule. But, yeah, they're not 25 teams that are better than Ole Miss coming in this year.
2: What do you think about the beginning of Arkansas' schedule, playing a a team like Cincinnati, who lost a lot, but still a credible opponent, and then week two getting in a conference play right away, playing South Carolina?
1: Yeah, it's it's a tricky start. It it really is. I mean, there's – that's a tough path to have to navigate. The good news is that you're getting Cincinnati when it's finally moving on from the Desmond Ritter era. And in addition to that, their secondary is going to be much different. Not just the fact that they lost Oscar Gardner, but the fact that they lost Kobe Bryant as well. Uh, that's Kobe with a C, not Kobe with a K. Um, but they lost, I mean, they have nine guys drafted. Think about that. If we saw a Power Five team get nine guys drafted, they'd be bragging about it for. For several years and we, we we just saw a group of five teams do that coming off of the playoff break but at the same time it is a very new look team brian denbrock the offensive coordinator is off to lsu I, I think that they made some nice moves in the portal i really like the addition of Corey kiner from lsu but at the same time like it's going to be a very different cincinnati team and i think arkansas is kind of catching them at the right time and then south carolina man Uh, What a fascinating game that'll be in in seeing Spencer Rattler in his first SEC game and what that's going to look like. A lot of skeptics will be interested to see kind of how he handles Barry Odom's defense and what that looks like. And if they're able to kind of survive with that, uh, I'd say suspect offensive line, they do have some weapons there, but it's a fascinating matchup. I think, Arkansas is in good shape to be able to come out of, of that, you know, 2 and 0, but it, it's definitely not going to be easy and I'm sure Sam Pittman pushing get a little bit more of a favorable start.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. And also uh there's you know, you talked about optimism, which Razorback fans have it and you mentioned all the teams have it. Is there a team in the SEC in particular that you look at that maybe you say, "Okay, this team's going to be worse than what they were last year or at least there's no chance of them being just as good, taking a step back." Is there a team in the SEC you look at that has that this year?
1: Oh, uh, Georgia. I mean, that's kind of the obvious one, right? Like this, that might be lazy to, to say that. I, like they're not going to have a defense that's as good as last year. And I would bet the house on that. Okay. Like that's, that, that seems pretty set in stone just because of all the different defensive line pieces they have to replace, even though they were they, they do still have Jalen Carter back. They have three preseason All-Americans on that defense somehow, some way which is remarkable to think about. But, yeah, Georgia I don't think will be as good, even if they are favored by double digits in every single game this year. I just can't imagine that team is able to, to repeat and do what it did last year just because I think all the turnover, they're asking for those guys in the front seven to really kind of step up and mature in a hurry. That That's kind of the obvious one that comes to mind in Ole Miss, as we talked about. But other than that, you know, I I think Kentucky's got a tough road to kind of navigate. Even though I do like Will Levis, I find myself defending him. I'm not one of these people saying he's going to be the number one overall pick, but I still think they have some questions to answer depending on what the Chris Rodriguez suspension thing is. They obviously lose Wandale Robinson, it's going to be a tough tough guy to replace given what he was able to do in that offense last year but there are a few a few teams like that florida should take a step back i don't think that defense is going to be particularly good i think anthony richardson will still make some mistakes but yeah i mean nobody can get better it's not like you know everybody in the SEC can get better there's always teams that have to get worse nobody wants to admit that right now
0: though well connor man we as always we appreciate it it's fun talking with you actually having fall camp as you said and Things to actually talk about and get ready for, so it's exciting time, and I'm sure uh, we'll be catching up with you maybe next month once it's all gets started, man. But appreciate you coming on with us.
1: Absolutely appreciate it, man.